0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the NFNL podcast. I'm Samuel Zito joined by Jared Gardner ahead of what will be a massive week in the Northern Football Netball League. We're going to look at the week ahead. We'll also review what has taken place over the weekend just gone. This weekend in the Northern Football Netball League we'll be supporting the TAC in the inaugural TAC towards zero round where for the first time in, like I said, long past, partnership between the TAC and AFL Victoria. There's going to be a coordinated statewide round where we um, I guess uh, shine a light on the uh, shocking row statistics that, uh, unfortunately, we're seeing, and uh, as part of uh, growing the awareness and and also, um, as I said, shining the light on, on those statistics. All captains in our senior men's and women's competitions in the football will wear the number zero on their back this weekend. We'll also see our netballers wearing towards zero socks as well. Later in the uh, in the podcast, we'll be joined in a few moments' time by Megan Jacobs, who's the uh, Senior Manager of Engagement and Community Relations with the TAC, but uh, before we get to that, Jared Gardner, if we can uh, just quickly have a look at the uh, the weekend that's just gone by and some... Pretty big results across all three of the senior men's competitions.
1: Yeah, w- once again, thanks for having me on the podcast, Samuel. It's a, it's a huge weekend in the Northern Football Netball League across all three divisions and and even across the women's competitions as well. So uh, there's it's getting more and more exciting as we draw closer to finals. Uh, there's some big matches being played and some big results have, have taken place on the
0: weekend. Yeah, they certainly have, I think. Most in in Division 1, I guess, would be looking at West Preston Lakeside, who are coming with a charge now seven wins from their past eight. But it's been the way they've won their past two over McLeod and now North Heidelberg that would have... All those sides in the top three looking over their shoulder as the reigning Premier really make their charge. Yeah, exactly. I think every side in the competition knows how talented this West Preston side is.
1: Uh, we saw them obviously go on and win the Premiership last year and, and the players, they've, they've still got Ahmed Saad, obviously had a huge impact on the week, weekend, kicked nine goals against North Heidelberg. It's, um, it, it's a scary prospect for some of those sides going into finals because
0: it just adds another layer of pressure Um, to to this finals race. Absolutely it does and it's great to see them back in in great form. In A Plus Labour Solutions Division 2 we saw wins convincingly for Diamond Creek Thomastown and for Whittlesea it means that the race for the finals is still well and truly between five sides. Altham slipped up against Baniel we'll look at that one a bit later on as well but with that it actually sees Altham slip to fourth spot on the ladder. Baniel back to the winners list with a a great last quarter coming from behind to win that one, but all the pressure now uh, turns to Thomastown, Altham and Diamond Creek who are fighting for the last two places inside the top five. It's going to be an interesting end to the season. Four rounds to play. Each of those sides has a bye amongst that, so they've got three games to go and there's going to be great pressure on every one of those games. Yeah, exactly, and it's, it's going to be unfortunate that one of those sides is
1: going to miss out on the finals action because all three sides deserve to be there, so... Uh, it's going to be a real tough finish to, to this season, and, and it'll. Really, I assume it'll come down to the last day.
0: And in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, the top two is absolutely sealed, with Lorimer and Panton Hill occupying the top two places. Those sides meet this week in what's going to be an outstanding game of footy at Lorimer Reserve. But Kilmore slipped up against Mernda. It now means the Blues have lost their past three games, and they now sit inside the top four by just a game ...and percentage, meaning that Murnda's still alive in the finals race. South Morang, with another win, took another step towards a sixth consecutive finals place. But you'd still say that there's three sides fighting for those last two spots... ...with South Morang in the box seat, ahead of Kilmore and Mernda. But that win for the Demons was crucial on the road getting that win and now moving to 7-6 and six with still three games to play. Yeah, what a huge performance from Mernda. They just kind of keep on going and keep fighting
1: for that final spot. Um, their percentage is just a bit off the pace compared to what Kilmore's
0: is, and, and it's
1: somewhat south from Rang. So it's going to be a tough slog for them to make finals, but it's still definitely doable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at them, they're going to have to win the extra game, um, given the fact that they've got a, a 33% inferior percentage than, than Kilmore. So they're going to have to win probably all three and, and hope that Kilmore drop two. So it's obviously, at the moment, they're not they're the outsider, but they're still more than a mathematical chance of making the finals which keeps them right in the race and uh, we'll also look at the action that we saw in the women's football competitions as well over the weekend, starting in ANZ Division 1 women's, where VU Western Spurs, well, we knew in the top flight they were going to be the side to beat, probably from the outset of the season, the way they started grading, but they were dominant in an 83-point win over Darabin, which was first versus second, kept the Falcons goalless in the game that was played on Saturday, so that means that they're, I mean, they're obviously going to finish first, but uh, they're a long way ahead of the pack, it looks like. On the eve of the finals this weekend, we go into the final round of the home and away season. So they're going to take some catching come finals time. We also saw West Preston Lakeside win away to the Bendigo Thunder. So that takes the Roosters within probably... uh, Touching distance of a final spot, but they'd probably need to to lose heavily, and and Bundura would have to cause uh, to get a win this week to to jump inside the finals equation there. So as we said, one round to go this weekend. Bundura hosts Bendigo, so they're going to be favourite there. Um, they're going to have to make up a considerable percentage though t- in order to to jump inside the uh, the Bulls that, as it currently stands. They're a game and fifteen percent behind West Preston Lakeside, the Roosters this weekend. They travel to Diamond Creek Women's. Um, so that's going to be fourth versus fifth. And potentially, if uh, if things go as may be expected, we'll see a, a situation where those two sides meet again the following week. Uh, Montmorency had a big win over Bandura in round 13. And that means that the Magpies will likely finish or. Probably certainly finish now inside the, uh, the top three. They'll finish third given the fact they've got a massive percentage differential over Diamond Creek women. So we know going into the final round that VU, Darabin, Mottmorency and Diamond Creek Women's will play finals in a fortnight. It'll be down to whether it's West Preston, Lakeside or Bandura who round out those sides inside the top five. Into MC Security Division 2 women's. Uh, Heidelberg won away to Altham. Uh, VU got the big win over Darabin and South Morang likewise over St. Mary's. So the final round there will also determine what happens in the finals because we've got VU well on top in first ahead of South Morang. Those two have the double chance secured. Heidelberg and Darabin are separated by just percentage uh, going into the final round. Uh, And as it stands, Heidelberg travels to St. Mary's where they're going to be favoured to win. Darabin takes on South Morang where they are going as underdog. So Heidelberg in the box seat to finish third, but still need results uh, to get that result this week. And in terms of St. Mary's, they're playing for a final spot. They and Diamond Creek women's uh, as it currently stands both on 16 points. Uh, percentage differential there, 21 in favour of St. Mary's. Diamond Creek takes on Altham, who's bottom of the table, but still itself a a finals chance. So, St Mary's, with a loss, could miss the finals. It is a big final round coming up in the second division of our women's competition and in Mervac Division Three, women's at the weekend. There were big wins for VU Western Spurs, Hurstbridge, Greensboro and Montmorency. And with that, it looks like the top five looks all but sealed, albeit first spot on the ladder can certainly change going into this last round. As it currently stands, Greensboro is on top by one win over VU, but with an inferior percentage, uh, and they actually play each other in this last game. So that's going to be basically a fight for top spot. Whoever wins will finish first. Lorimer and also Montmorency are both on 28 points. Lorimer third, Montmorency fourth, separated by 17%. Lorimer hosts Reservoir, who's bottom of the ladder. Montmorency travels to Wallon, who's sixth. And uh, as it stands, Lorimer just needs to win to uh, get that third spot. But with a loss... Uh, they could lose it to Montmorency and then Hurstbridge Bridge look like they'll play finals now they're a game and plenty of percentage clear of Wallen so it looks like the Bridges in their first season of senior women's football will be competing in the finals in Mervac Division 3 women's we're now going to have a chat with Megan Jacobs as we said from the outset she is the senior manager of engagement and community relations with the TAC this of course coming as the NFNL and all grassroots football and netball competitions this weekend support the TAC as part of the TAC Towards Zero round. And here's Megan Jacobs ahead of this week's big round of football across the Northern Football Netball League. Meg, it's obviously a, a big weekend right around Victoria for obviously AFL Victoria and also the TAC as we embark upon a really important campaign with Towards Zero Round.
2: Yeah, look, it's going to be a really super exciting weekend. So, we've got a thousand regional and metro football clubs who are going to take part in the inaugural Towards Zero round. And what that round is really trying to do is to spread the message that no lives should be lost on our road. So, we're really working with football clubs at a regional, rural, and metropolitan level to send that message out through their players, their coaches and their families.
0: Obviously, TAC's had a long involvement with AFL Victoria. Um, This being, I guess, the first year, though, that we're doing this particular campaign where the captains of all, in our league anyway, all senior football uh, men's and women's teams will wear the number zero on their back. They'll also be uh, on the netball courts wearing the towards zero socks. Can you give us, I guess, the the rationale behind, uh, I guess, introducing this particular round at, at all grassroots competitions?
2: Yeah, so look, as you mentioned, we've had a really long partnership with the AFL through the TAC Cup or the TAC Cup, and that really focused on that those elite players. So what we're trying to do is switch it or or turn it around a little bit and start to talk to clubs at a grassroots level because we know that there's about 400,000 Victorians involved in local football and local netball clubs. And so it gives us the opportunity to talk to a much broader audience. And it's also a really nice way of talking about towards zero because a lot of people in those clubs have had a very personal experience uh, whether it's been um, a personal loss or they know someone that has died on the roads so for us extending that partnership more broadly and being able to talk to more people is incredibly important
0: yeah it's obviously quite sad that uh, as you say there, there probably wouldn't be a sporting club out there that wouldn't have been touched in in some way how have you found up until this point the i guess the feedback from clubs as they look to support this this new initiative
2: uh, the clubs have been amazing and we were surprised and, and so excited that everybody we spoke to wanted to be involved and whether that's involved um, at the level where their players are wearing zero the captains wearing zero on their backs or netballers are wearing the socks or the junior footballers right through to being involved in some of the different um, films some of the social media etc that we've been making around the round and everyone has just given their time so freely which has been fantastic um, particularly because it's the first time that we've embarked um, on the TZ round and so yeah it's super exciting to see how big it's become.
0: And obviously with so many clubs now involved in I guess the in the, the round itself and we'll see so many players representing by wearing the uh, the number zero on their back what uh, what can they do in terms of spreading the message via social media this weekend uh, throughout the, the football field and, and also the netball courts
2: Yeah, look, we would love it if people um, took pictures and posted them on social media. We'd love it if they invited friends and family to actually come to the games. Um, You know, anything that they can do to talk to those that are sort of nearest and dearest um, to them about road safety would be fantastic, and particularly in regional and rural communities. We know that people in the country are travelling long distances, not just to the footy, but um, in their day-to-day lives. So a really important message for us is to talk about um, people travelling long distances on regional roads just to make sure that they're getting home safely.
0: Well, Meg, we really appreciate your, your time and we look forward to all of our clubs getting involved this weekend as we support the TAC in the Towards Zero push. Uh, again, thank you for joining us on the NFNL podcast and, uh, and obviously for spreading the message for such an important campaign.
2: Uh, it's been my pleasure and we're looking forward to a great weekend of football.
0: Now turning our attention to Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 where in round 14, Hurstbridge went down to Heidelberg by 10 points in a thriller at Ben Freelay Oval. Greensboro was too good for Northcote Park, kicking away in the second half with seven goals to zero. McLeod just got over the top of Lowell Plenty by 10 points. Montmorency kept its finals hopes alive with a last-ditch win over Bandura by three points. And West Preston Lakeside, far too good for North Heidelberg, romped away after quarter time, kicked 17 goals to six, the final three quarters to win by 60 points. And Jared Gardner, every one of those results telling back in round 14 as we get prepared for a massive weekend of round 15 action in the top flight. Yeah, as we've said in the weeks gone
1: by, it's just every week is going to have finals implications because you see these results. Hurstbridge did their absolute best against Heidelberg, but just came up short. Uh, And then Montmorency to get over Bandura in that Last ditch effort to, to secure the three point win just does a uh, heap of good for their finals aspirations. Uh, it, it really hurts Bundura. Uh, they now sit a game and a half outside the top five, so it's it's tough for Bundura and Hurstbridge, but uh, for Montmorency, that's a, that's a huge result.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, going back to, to Bandura there, I think now that it's probably a steal that they won't play yeah. finals from here. I think their run home makes it uh, well near on impossible on their current form. They've they've lost. Their last five games and they finish the season Will they travel um, well first off they host Greensboro this week but then travel to Heidelberg host West Preston Lakeside and then travel to North Heidelberg so on current form, you wouldn't back them in against any of those sides. they are probably get going and have to win all four of those. So it looks like for Bandura that that very long finals record that they've had in the top flight, they've been a permanent fixture. It's almost going to be feel odd if we get to the finals and don't have Bandura featured in the seniors. But it just looks that way. And that record goes all the way back. I think it's 2001, I think, that that extends back to. So a long time between drinks. But that game there was... Sealed at the very end, there was a goal in the uh, in the last three minutes uh, to Montmorency that uh, that was scored by. I guess an unlikely source in, in Josh Mills who'd snuck forward from the back line and, and kicked that goal to to get his side back in front. Bandura had a late chance. There was a shot on goal uh, from uh, one of the youngsters in uh, Jason Panham that just missed wide with a, a few minutes to go and that uh, that miss meant that uh, Mott was able to hold on in an in enthralling last few minutes to get a vital win and keep their finals hopes alive. But it, it was a few games that were decided late because we saw obviously Mott win late but Heidelberg kicked the last two goals in the last two minutes to down Hurstbridge. Michael Brunelli yeah, scored a goal from a free kick to, to put the uh, the burgers back in front. And then from the resulting centre clearance, Lockie Wilson got the ball forward, found Liam Daniels, and he kicked the goal to seal the deal. And, and the siren went uh, just seconds after that. So for Heidelberg, obviously keeps them well-placed. They are going to finish top two now. I think there's no doubt about that. Ten points clear of North Heidelberg eight points and percentage behind Greensboro. So the likelihood is that second is where the uh, the Tigers will, will finish this year. But uh, for Hurstbridge Bridge, they lose the game. It obviously really hurts in terms of looking at final chances, but they lose no admirers there. And the fact that they're in ninth spot below Bundura. but you probably give them... Uh, somewhat of a, a better chance of, of playing finals given they're playing better football um, probably capable of scoring an upset somewhere between uh, now and uh, season's end as well but just the way they're playing means that they probably don't deserve to be written off
1: just yet Yeah, they're a side that I saw about a month ago and I said that if they play their best footy they can beat anyone and they almost did it against Heidelberg on the weekend so if it, if it all goes right for them um, they, they can play finals and they can do some damage in finals but it, it's a real uphill battle from from now on
0: yeah so Hurstbridge Bridge in the run home this weekend take on McLeod we'll look at that game in a few moments time because that's a, a crucial game when we talk about the top five this year but then it's travel to West Preston Lakeside host Northcote Park and then travel to Greensboro so they're again, maybe a side that has to win four at the very least three to make it from here. But given the fact that their form, I mean the fact that they were, you know, leading Heidelberg for for such a long period of time would, would mean that you wouldn't um you wouldn't discount their chances of of playing finals this year, albeit they are, you know, gonna have to come from a fair way back. So that's the uh, that's the game that was played at Ben Freelet over. We also saw um, McLeod just get over Lowell Plenty late so the Roos look to have that one in the bag they kicked the first five goals 27 points in front early and you thought it was a case of how much from here um, Lowell Plenty fought right back hit the front in the last quarter and McLeod had to kick three consecutive goals during the last term to, to hold on and win that game there so again we talk about sides um, you know, looking for a finals place it's, it's not easy because there's additional pressure that goes in as well so games that you're absolutely expected to win aren't you know, foregone conclusions there. So, McLeod wins. They stay two points above Mot but just scrape through and, and get a vital one. Yeah, McLeod are, are a
1: huge uh, result on the weekend because, as you said, every result uh, kind of has finals implications. And if they had have lost that one to the lower plenty they suddenly are sitting
0: outside of the top five going into this week. so They would have been as, as low, if, if they had lost that, they would have been as, as low as seventh. So it's a massive difference that it makes, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just such a, a
1: massive result for them because uh, we know how tight this finals race is going to be and, and just that one little slip-up could cost you a, a spot in the finals. Uh, the finals.
0: And then in the other two games, as we said, Greensboro far too good for Northcote Park. Again, it was a case early for them, as looking like how much they would win by the borough. There were four goals in front in the first term Green, uh, Northcote Park fought back, kicked uh, five of the next six goals. Scores were pretty tight at halftime, and then thereafter Greens were far too good, seven goals to zero in the second half. Northcote Park, uh, as a result, slipped from fifth to seventh, and they're probably, if we even if you said there was seven sides, I mean I still think Hurstbridge is a chance from ninth. But if you know, if the more pessimistic ones out there think that it's down to seven, Northcote Park's. Probably got the most uphill battle given the fact that their percentage stands at only 76 and and they've only won two of their past 10 games, but... Their fast start keeps them alive. So their, their finals run home or final four games have them at North Heidelberg, take on McLeod at home, and then finish the year away to both Hurstbridge and Heidelberg. So they're going to have to win games on the road. It's not an easy fixture to, uh, fixture to get come home with, given the fact they play the sides that are third and second away from home, uh, as well as taking on McLeod and Hurstbridge. who are also fighting for finals chances. But I guess we know that if you're going to play finals, there's just not going to be any easy games. Yeah, well, exactly. You've got to beat the teams around you on the ladder
1: if you want to make finals. And that uh, Northcote Park-Hurstbridge game is going to be uh, a huge result because either way, Hurstbridge... They they might be a there might be a situation where they're out of the finals race by them, but they can still do some damage and and end Northcote Park's season at Benfrey Oval. So uh, there's some some big games coming up, and yeah, obviously travelling to or playing against Heidelberg and North Heidelberg in the run home is just uh, an absolute killer for sides because they look at those fixtures and say it's it's going to be a real tough slog to to beat one of those sides, let alone both of them.
0: And the last uh, result that we saw in round 14 was. West Preston Lakeside beating North Heidelberg. We said it in the intro, it's not just the fact that West Preston Lakeside is is winning games of football. It's now it's about how they're winning. And last weekend they went into that game against McLeod. It was fourth versus fifth going in and we said it's it's anyone's game. Both had been in in great form. They absolutely romped to victory by sixty one points there's probably the amount the case that they're even more impressive at the weekend we'll speak to their co-captain in a few moments time in Ahmed Saad but he kicked 9 they trailed 3 goals to 1 early in the piece end up winning that game convincingly 60 points piled on 19 goals to to get the win 19 goals to 9 so after conceding as i said 3 of the first four absolutely dominant in that one there um, Not only are they likely now to play finals, they've got a a run home that season. play Montmorency, Hurstbridge, Bundura and McLeod. So only one of those sides in the top five as it stands, albeit the other three are fighting for a spot in the top five, but they are looking the goods and as it stands, you'd argue that there may be even a top three chance because they're only six points behind North Heidelberg if... And it's a big if, if they were to win the next four, we know that they're going to take it one week at a time, as, as the uh, as the saying goes. But if they could win all those four, it just puts a bit of pressure on North Heidelberg to have to win probably, I think it'd be two of the, the, the final games, depending on how percentage plays out, um, to, to hold on and, and get third spot. It's unlikely, but the way the Roosters are playing, you wouldn't put anything past them. Yeah, it's going to be such a huge match, or such a huge run home for,
1: for West Preston, because they've got uh, a, a a good chance at getting that top three spot, but obviously they're going to have to win all four games, you'd say. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they, if even if they don't make the top three, if they win all their games, they go into finals with a a hot run of form and you never know what they can do if, if they get to finals and they, and they can just win all the way
0: through. Well, we know from last year that they know how to win a final. Granted last year, they went in with the insurance of a double chance, but lost that in the first week, had to win three, uh, knockout final so to speak if you want to talk about a grand final in that uh, in that tense as well but uh, they obviously know how to win fo- footy at, at Preston City Oval and I think uh, any side that's in the top three now you have to be looking over your shoulder because you look at their recent weeks, and not only are they winning, they're playing dominant footy. They're starting to get their better players all back on the park at the same time as well. At the weekend, obviously, Ahmed Saad kicked nine goals. He's been in goal-kicking form all year. Nine goals won for the day he kicks, so it helps when you're kicking straight. But they're introducing... Players into this side that are having an impact now. I saw Nick Rabotela had a uh, had his first game for the club as well at the weekend. So he's a player that's come with um, you know good wraps. Uh, I think he joined the last year but didn't play a game, but has played some some VFL footy there. Um, you know Matt Harmon's having a great stint in the ruck uh, in the absence obviously of, of Mark who I don't think we'll see this year but you just never say never and then when you've got players in form like Federico and La Rossi in the middle of the ground Jackson Clark's been a standout they're good players they're all playing good footy at the right time so I wouldn't put absolutely anything past West Preston Lakeside as it currently stands and I think Um, I mean, you obviously want to finish top three at the start of any year to give yourselves the best chance of playing uh, off in a a grand final, but what they're doing in this back half of the year, in a way, reminds me, if we go back to 2012, of what Northcote Park did, where they were second bottom, I think, at the halfway point, maybe even at round 10, and then just got in a winning run and, and rode that wave all the way to the premiership, so... You know, that if you do it this way, you can't afford a slip-up in the finals. But at least, you know, from where they were eight weeks ago, they're giving themselves uh, every opportunity now. And, and the way they're playing is as good as, as any team in the competition. So we'll look ahead to this weekend's games in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. Uh, perhaps the, the game that maybe has, has the least riding on it, you'd say, is at Wringle Park, where Heidelberg is uh, taking on Lowell Plenty. The Bears really challenged McLeod at the weekend, but it's going to be a pretty tough task for them going out to Heidelberg, who themselves are in absolutely outstanding form and uh, and looking every bit of chance to... Uh, we'll still vie off the first spot on the ladder, but at the very least, they're going to finish in second spot on the ladder. North Heidelberg hosts Northcote Park at Shelley Reserve. All of a sudden... The Dogs have found themselves in a situation where their top three spot, looking slightly vulnerable, but they have a a favourable run home, North Heidelberg. So they've got Northcote Park this week, Mont next week, Lower Plenty and Bundura. So two wins there, and they absolutely secure the top three spot, which you'd imagine would happen, but just off what happened on the weekend, uh, you'd never say never. Montmorency hosts West Preston Lakeside. That's a massive game at Montmorency Park. Um, obviously, the Magpies are back in, in finals contention with that three-point win. They take on the competition's red-hot side this week. So that's going to be a real test of what Montmorency can do this year. McLeod hosts Hurstbridge. At the Winton Park, where both sides are desperate to get a win to improve their final chances. That's fifth versus ninth. Remembering that Hurstbridge did win the last time those sides met this year. And then Bundura hosts Greensboro at Yulong Reserve, where the Bulls are going to have to reverse recent form to get an upset there. So what do you make of those five fixtures, Jared Gardner?
1: Well, you say that the Heidelberg-Loyal Plenty match has at least riding on it. At the same time, it it could be a great match because Loyal Plenty obviously getting the win over the Tigers earlier on in the season. So, the the, Loyal Plenty will go on with a lot of confidence into this one. Heidelberg won't have the fire in the belly. They want to reverse that result and reverse it pretty comfortably. So, um, that'll be a real interesting match while not having... Much implication on the on the ladder. Um, it'll be a real good match to get to and watch. Um, the The mcleod Hurstbridge match is going to be a, a great one for mine because I think Hurstbridge are still going to be fighting every week for for that t- to be in contention for that last final spot, and McLeod, obviously with a win, can can get that can continue having that breathing space. Um, Montmorency-West Preston is just going to be huge because if West, if West Preston can get a big win over the Magpies, it's just going to really dent their finals chances and, and lower their confidence a little bit. So there's some huge matches across the entire division and uh, another great weekend of yeah, free coming
0: up. It's a funny one, isn't it? We're talking about West Preston Lakes and how they can obviously really contend for a premiership. But if they were to slip up this week against Montmorency, all of a sudden they're only inside the top five On percentage. So that game there, it's a real eight-point game, but they just can't afford a slip-up at all. But based on the way they're playing, certainly of the sides outside of the top three, they're the ones playing the best football. And now we've been fortunate enough to catch up with their weekend's nine-goal hero, Ahmed Saad, ahead of this weekend's crunch game against Montmorency. Ahmed, thank you for joining us. Obviously, a great performance for the side at the weekend and for yourself. What did you make of the win against North Heidelberg?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, no, it was good. It was a great win um, to beat a quality side like North Heidelberg. It's, it's great for us, and to start be, beating some teams that are on top of us is, you know, something that we, we were trying to do. And um, we started off the year pretty poorly, zero and six, and um, since then we've kind of turned that around a little bit and won our last, uh, I think, seven from eight. So um, we've yeah, we've come back together pretty well, and we're uh, we're playing the brand of footy that we know that we can play now. If we can
0: just go back first, you mentioned they obviously lost the first six games. How hard was that period? Obviously, last year you had the, the ultimate success in footy and you held the couple aloft after beating McLeod in the grand final. But how hard was it to to start the season the way you did not at one stage? I guess relegation may have been in, in the thoughts of some minds.
3: Yeah, it was pretty frustrating um, to go obviously, you know, from obviously winning the flag and then starting off the year, you know, losing pretty much the first six rounds was pretty frustrating for a lot of us it Was. We we knew that that's not you know what what wish, where we should be and we knew that we had the quality to be a better side and um, we kind of had some players go overseas last year from from last year's team and we've had some players leave and we brought some new players in so maybe that took a while for us to gel a little bit um, and um, we 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 turned that around and we weren't to the relegation word wasn't really thrown around much because we're confident that we we're going to turn it around it was just a matter of time.
0: As, as a co-captain down there what what did you try and do to do to turn things
4: around
3: yeah as you know when when you're around a losing environment it's pretty frustrating it's pretty hard to get everyone motivated but we just continue myself and Nugget um, we just try to continue to still that belief in the boys that we're good enough and um, to, to try and make the place as enjoyable as possible and still enjoy training and, and we still did that we still enjoy training we still enjoy being around each other and that you know that kind of spirit and brotherhood that we kind of had the, the really good connection from last year we tried to that that was obviously still evident but um you know, unfortunately on the park it wasn't it, that wasn't evident. You know, we weren't playing the brand of footy that we liked and probably um you know bit of personnel issues as well didn't help us. But, you know, we, we knew all we had to do was just, you know, hang tight and, and continue to, you know, believe in our method, believe in the way we want to play, believe in the coaches and um uh, believe in each other that we, you know, we're good enough to turn this around and, and we did that. So which is a credit to the boys and to the club as a whole.
0: How important have the past two weeks been? Not only have you beaten sides that are in the top five, but you've done it convincingly, beating McLeod by you know 60 points in, in the grand final rematch and then backing that up against the side you played off in a prelim last year that, that currently sits third. But how important have, have those two wins, wins been as you as you strive for another finals appearance?
3: Yeah, th- those wins are the important ones. We want to beat the teams that are on top of you and the teams that are going really well. And, um, you know, we we obviously beat a lot of the teams that were on top of us at the time because we were last, but um, you know, in that we, we we didn't get a chance to play any of those top teams in that period besides Greensboro who who beat us. Um, but I thought we were good all the, up until halftime. But to beat those top sides, that's that's what you know continues to um, help us believe that we're good enough and, and that we can match it with the best in the competition. And that you know, I think um, teams will be a little bit worried now that we started to gain a little bit of confidence at the right time and pick up some really good form and play some really good brand of foot at the right time of the year, which is really positive.
0: Just looking at the, the fixture that comes up, and I'm sure it, I mean, your, your first goal is, is just to qualify for the finals, but your next four games you play only one side that's currently in the top five. Granted, the other three are all still striving to perhaps get there, but I guess there's an opportunity there if you can win enough games that maybe the top three isn't beyond you, just six points behind North Heidelberg.
3: Yeah, or that, obviously then we'd have to rely on them, you know, jump in some games. But like you said, you, you know, we're just going to focus, obviously, on trying to win as many games as we can. And as we know, this competition is pretty even, um, you know, every year you can see the bottom teams beat the top teams and each week there's some upsets. So, you know, there's no, it doesn't matter, I think, where any team is on the ladder, yeah, whoever comes out on the day ready to play and, and play a good brand of footy, then, you know, that can get up. So we are just got to make sure that we continue with our preparation, continue to prepare well and, and make sure that we're ready to go each week. It doesn't matter who we face, first or last. Uh, it's not going to change the way we prepare and, and how we want to play. So just to make sure that we obviously keep banking those wins to help us obviously um, give us a better chance to make finals and, you know, if everything goes well, then potentially that top three spot. But like I said, for now, it's just about winning as many games as we can up the finals and whatever happens, happens from there.
0: Is there a real belief building that even if you don't finish in the top three, but if you can get there, that you can go all the way, given the way you've you've been performing in the back half of the year?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think once you make finals, anything can happen. So um, obviously, it's ideal to have that second chance. Um, but really, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I think if you once you make finals, then you know you just you just got to win every game. Shouldn't really rely on that second chance, uh, but. You know, that's great if we get it, but if we don't, we're still pretty confident that if we make the finals and hopefully we can um, back it up.
0: You've kicked a, a few big bags in, in your time in the league, and on the weekend, nine against North Heidelberg, was, was that the best you've played this season, do you think, on a personal
3: note? Um, I've been, yeah, I've, I've tried to, I think I've been pretty consistent this year, and um, tried obviously not to, uh, I tried to share it around a little bit more this year than rather than the team rely on me kicking those big goals all the time because that's when we become really easy to stop um so every game's is a little bit different and how we play it out and stuff and on the weekend i just kicked straight which is good you know i've been averaging i reckon about eight nine shots a game but um this on the weekend i actually ended up kicking straight so i only kicked mine one which was really good but um obviously it's a credit to the way we played and the way the boys got it into me as well so which is really good but yeah always enjoy kicking a goal or two um but um It's all about winning. That's the most important
0: thing for me. Uh, I don't know if if you're aware, but uh, just having a look at your stats now, you're on 199 goals for the club since joining them three years ago. So obviously your first uh, this week, if it comes, will will be your 200th. Looking back, uh, is there any in particular that that stand out for you along the journey? You've become a highlight reel of of sorts, and I know we enjoy uh, looking at at your highlights. Um, And obviously, uh, I think most in in the league would be the same, but is there any amongst those 199 for the Roosters that stand out the most?
3: Ah, uh, probably too many. Nah, no, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I'll <laughs> um, uh, probably probably the white probably the few goals I kicked against um, Buntur in the final. I think that was pretty good. Um, I think that scissor kick was not too bad. I had a midair and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure. <laughs> a couple of boundary ones, maybe. But I think uh, um, I think the one kicking, you mentioned. The yeah, one... kicking goals in a final is probably the most important, so that's that's the one I'll
0: probably pick. Yeah, I think that one there, I think that one probably went, uh, in terms of grassroots, went viral the most. I think that was that was everywhere yeah. for a little while. So um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and uh, in terms of, I guess, um, your time with the club, how have you found coming back and, and playing grassroots footy? You've obviously played at the elite level and also, you know, top VFL goal-kicking tables as well, but, but how have you found coming back over the past three years and, and just uh, playing grassroots footy? Yeah,
3: it's been really good. Um, but I've, re- I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I obviously got drafted a lot a lot older than a lot of the boys, so I actually played grassroots footy up until, you know, top age, till I turned 18, and then that's when I started playing VFL. So, um, you know, i have kind of used to the way it's played and, and what's expected. And, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. At the start, obviously, it was a bit frustrating um, and just had to obviously um, understand that it's not the same level and understand um, that I want to get, you know, a bit of treatment at the start a little bit different than others and stuff like that and people getting to me. But from now, to be honest, the last two years has been really different to my first year and I've been really enjoying it. Um club's have been awesome, really accommodating um, and, and so has the league. The league's been great and I think the competition's really good and I think it's one of the best competitions in, in probably in Melbourne, Northern Australia in terms of the evenness and, and teams that each week can come out and be, you know, top side could be the bottom side but then the week after the bottom side could be the top side. So, um, it's probably the most even competition, I reckon. Um, but no, it's it's been really good. really enjoyed my time at West. and Obviously, it was great to win a flag last year, but hopefully we can win a couple more. So, it'll be good.
0: Well, Ahmed, uh, congratulations on your side's performance at the weekend and, and really over the last two months as you really make a massive charge towards September. So, we wish you all the best for this week and, and the coming month as you aim for that final spot and uh, really appreciate your time in joining us on the NFNL podcast.
3: Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thank <laughs>
0: Now jumping into A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, where in round 14, comfortable wins for each of Diamond Creek, Thomastown and Whittlesey. All of those sides are far too good for their opposition, while Banyuil came from behind to defeat Altham. It was the best game in second division at the weekend. Altham led comfortably early in the game with 17 points up at quarter time, held their advantage through to three-quarter time when they were still six points ahead. And then the last quarter, Banuel showed why they are side to beat this year. Piled on 7 goals 4 to Altham's 1 goal 1. Came away with a comfortable 33 point victory and based on that now they sit on top of the ladder with 40 points as does Whittlesey in 2nd on 40. banuel has an extra game in hand. Those two sides are looking like they're going to get the double chance now. They are eight points clear of each of Thomastown and Altham with Diamond Creek a further two points behind. So it looks like the double chances are probably sealed up if those sides continue winning. And it means, Jared Gardner, that Thomastown, Altham and Diamond Creek are fighting it out for the last two places inside the top four in 2019. Yeah, exactly. And and Thomastown and Diamond Creek with some with big wins
1: over the weekend over Epping and, and Watsonia. So... Uh, flexing their muscles a little bit. Altham uh, were ahead of Banyul for, for much of the day and were just overrun uh, just at the end there by uh, the Bears. So it's it's a huge result for Altham because now they're, they're sitting a little bit vulnerable in that fourth spot on the ladder. Um, I still see them making the finals, uh, but... Yeah, anything can happen, really, in Division 2.
0: Yeah, well, it was interesting because you're looking at the live ladder as that game's going on, and, and with the win, Eltham was right back in contention if they had have held on to, to finish in second spot, and then they lose, and the margin just blew out a bit late, and all of a sudden they've slipped to fourth behind Thomastown. Their run home probably gets them into the finals from here, given the fact that they are playing the current bottom three in, the last, in their last three games, a buy-in there as well, but it's a way to Watsonia this week. Then they travel to St Mary's, have a bye, and then finish off with Epping at home. So you imagine they're going to uh, still finish inside the top three. The percentage may play a a factor because, as it stands, they're uh, 22% behind Whittlesea. So two wins and 22%. If Whittlesea does slip up late in the season, Altham may give themselves a chance to, to boost their percentage late in the year with those three games, albeit the main focus will be just to win the games. Looking at Whittlesey's run home, they've got a buy this week, then they travel to Banuel host Thomastown, and then finish with a, a trip to Watsonia. So if you're an Eltham supporter and you're you know, someone who's an, an optimist, you'd say, Well there's a potential that for Whittlesey that you know there could be a couple of losses in, in the final couple of rounds and if Altham wins by enough they may be able to still get a top two spot but as it currently stands Whittlesey's been in outstanding form six wins in a row absolutely smashed the Fitzroy Stars at the weekend to end the Stars finals dreams this year that game probably was over at quarter time Whittlesey kicked the first four goals and, and went on to win comfortably I think the big win for Whittlesey out of that game was the form of, uh, of Youngstam Indian who could be a real player come finals time. Time. Hadn't played seniors for a few weeks, slotted back in with five goals, and, and him and Clancy Bland give them two tall targets to aim at inside forward 50. Um, Mitch Andrews is having an outstanding Probably for well, season, but his last six weeks in particular. So they've got young players that are in good form at, at the right time of year.
1: Yeah, well, Sam Indian's one that kind of burst onto the scene last year for South Morang, and um, we know he can stand up in the in the big matches. So uh, he's not afraid of the spotlight. And if, if he can if he can do the same for Whittlesey this season, it's it's just a, uh, another string to the bow for, for the Eagles. Yeah,
0: well, he won that final four, South Morang in the elimination last year in the in the first semi when he kicked six against Lorimer, and yeah, he looks a, a player who who enjoys a big occasion, knows where the goals are. Um, On Banyuel, if if we can, they um, obviously came from behind. It was an important win for them because they were soundly beaten by Diamond Creek a week prior. And, you know, a few question marks starting. To be raised there, but really convincing in, in the manner in which they, they dominated that last quarter. I think um, you know read some articles that uh, involve you know, having a chat with their coach, Paul Harris, but you like the form of, of some of the youngsters in, in the big game as well. Um, Kai Yoji was outstanding. He kicked three goals to be amongst the best players, but I think their real advantage is, is their key position players, and Tim Martin had a day out in the ruck. We know that that's an area for Altham where um, they've obviously had Matt Williamson in there as well, but they don't have a great deal of depth. So if they want to push Williamson forward, they're, they're probably struggling to find a backup there. So um, big day for for Tim Martin. Also, we spoke to Paul Harris ourselves last week on the NFL podcast and we talked about Jack Lankford and, and his importance because he can play anywhere from ruck to full forward to full back. And at the weekend, went back, played on Tim Curry, engrossing battle. Curry kicked four, also took a, a few big marks and, and was... Arguably Altham's best, but Langford was, was equally important for Banyul, and he's such a crucial player as we get towards the back half of the year. Because if you need to, to win a final late, you can throw him forward, if you need to save it, you can push him back. And given the fact they've got the likes of Lovell, Cruceratus, Gumbleton inside forward 50, it might well be that, that Langford plays a more defensive role in, in the back half of the year.
1: Yeah, well, we spoke about Paul Durago last week for Northcott Park, and how you want probably two or three of him around the ground. Jack Langford's one of those players where you want the same because um, he's such a he's such a great long kick and, and can come out of defence really well. Um, also, takes strong marks and kicks goals, so uh, is is an absolute asset to this Bannuel side and, and
0: will be real crucial to their premiership push. So that's the uh, the action that we saw it played at, at the weekend. As it stands, we've got an enthralling battle for, for places inside the top four as we head into the final month of the year. As we said in the intro to today's podcast that Thomastown, Altham, and Diamond Creek, there's four rounds to go but each of those sides has a bye. As it stands, Thomastown on 32 points, a percentage of 126. Altham also on 32 points, a percentage of 124. And then you've got Diamond Creek. They're on 30 points, a percentage of 108 but percentage won't come into it given the fact they've had the draw. So As it stands, this weekend could be a game that that defines, or I shouldn't say could, it it likely will be a game that defines those two sides' finals hopes with Diamond Creek hosting Thomastown. So it's amazing that it's a deja vu, isn't it, that those two sides met in round 18 last year with a final spot on the line. It's going to happen again, this one at Coventry Oval. Thomastown uh, was victorious when the sides met earlier this year, um, did that one convincingly. The final scoreline probably flooded Diamond Creek as they kicked some goals late, lost that one by 25 points, but we know that their form has improved greatly over particularly the past month where they've had some some important results, fought back to have a draw with Fitzroy Stars and their last three wins, so each one just seems to get better at the weekend, probably should have won by more, 19 goals, 23 they kicked against Epping, That probably denied them a, a triple-digit win doesn't affect, obviously, percentage, as we say, with the draws. So if you looked at that game as it currently stands, the winner will be, obviously, inside the top four. We know that. If Thomastown wins, they're six points clear. And with their final two games to play, it's still not easy for the Bears. So as it stands, a Thomastown win would put them onto a six-point buffer over Diamond Creek ahead of a buy in Round 16 and then finish the year with Wilsey and Banuel, who potentially now have top two sewed up. So they there may be an opportunity that those sides aren't as hungry as Thomastown in the last two rounds. But that's a big hypothetical. Diamond Creek, after this week, host Watsonia and then travel to St Mary's. For mine, I, I get a feeling if Diamond Creek wins this week, they're probably going to play finals. I think if Thomastown wins there's still a chance, given how tough their last two games are, that they could still potentially miss out. So it's a crunch game. It's you know We say it's equally important for both, but I think for Thomastown, it's it's more of a crunch game than it, than it may well be for Diamond Creek, albeit the Creekers know that if they lose, go six points down, that even two wins in the last two games might not be enough. They will need Thomastown to lose the last two. Yeah, as you said, Thomastown, it's, it's almost kind of like a season-defining game this
1: weekend coming up because... If they can win this one, they'll go into the last three weeks with a lot of confidence and obviously going up against Whittlesea and Banuel in the last two rounds is, is an absolute killer, but if they get a win this week, confidence kind of builds up and they can go into those matches and, and cause a bit of an upset, because as you said, Banuel and Whittlesea might have the double chance sewn up by then and and just might be that little bit vulnerable and Thomas Town may be able to take advantage.
0: I think with, with both these sides, I think what makes it such a good game as well is that it's a and it feels like an early-season final, but they both hit the game in yeah. ripping form. So if you look at, at Diamond Creek, their last three games, obviously uh, we know that they're well-documented. They went out to Altham and won by 35 points, backed it up with a 40-point win at home to Banyul, and then you know really dominant in the win over Epping at the weekend, which, as I said, only poor kicking stopped that from being a triple-digit win. And then you look at, at Thomastown, and for them started their revival, I guess, under Scott Plant with that important win at, at the Fitzroy Stars where they won by 58 points and in a game where, for mine, they were probably the outsider given they were in had been struggling to that point of the season or in the month before that and the Stars were on their home deck, backed it up with big wins over Epping and Watsonia. So they're in good form. They'll both be confident going in and it, it's going to be a great game of footy this weekend. Uh, as those two sides meet at Coventry Oval. So in a few moments, we're going to talk to uh, Scott Plant, who's the uh, the uh, caretaker coach at the Thomastown Footy Club. The other games this weekend, we've got Epping at home to St. Mary's, Banyule at home to the Fitzroy Stars, and then Altham travels to AK Lions Reserve to take on Watsonia. So they're the four games Whittlesey has to buy, but it's... Pretty hard to, to imagine that the focus will be anywhere but at, at Coventry Oval uh, as we hit round fifteen in A Plus Labour Solutions Division Two. Yeah, it's just going to be such a huge result, whatever
1: whichever way it goes. And um, I think kind of all eyes from around the competition will be on that match because it's just going to it's really going to define what what happens on the ladder um, going into the last three weeks of the of the season. So uh, some big matches elsewhere, but that Coventry Oval
0: match is just going to be uh, a great one. And as we do that, we'll now have a chat to Scott Plant, the coach of the Thomastown Football Netball Club ahead of his side's massive game against Diamond Creek. Scott, thank you for joining us. It's been a topic in vogue in, in the AFL in recent times about caretaker coaches. You've joined the, uh, the club as, as the caretaker coach over the past three weeks and, and got three results. How are you finding, uh, I guess, your time in charge of, of the Thomastown Footy Netball Club? Uh, yeah, thanks.
4: And no, i look finding the time to get... Um, exciting to be honest, um, the boys are playing good football, um, football that they've actually had, had in them at the start of the season, but their change of attitude and, and belief around the place has sort of turned things around and they're, uh, they're playing some good footage here. I'm really enjoying um, being back there and doing what I'm doing.
0: Obviously the season started quite well and the, the boys were right up in the top two for, for a good part of the, the first part of the year. There was a, a lull in, in form and a really tough month and, and obviously since you, you've taken the reins, obviously three consecutive wins as I said, so eight and five now at a really important stage, but what is it that you've tried to bring in since taking the reins that has, has been able to see a spike in performance?
4: You know, obviously we haven't changed a hell of a lot. Um, we, now we've sort of tinkered with the things and then simplified the game a little bit for the boys. Um, the main thing we, we instilled was the change of attitude across the lane group. Um, that was one thing I identified straight away that I just thought wasn't quite up to the, you know, to division you know, to the standards that they should be at. And with, to the, to the players, credit, they really, they acknowledge that. They've seen it themselves and they have, they have fixed that. That's one of the major things. I think the loss of Van at Van sort of sapped the group a little bit. Um, whether it's confidence or whatever, that sort of seemed to have a bit of a peck, which sort of followed on for a couple of weeks. But you know, since the club made a change, or whatever, it just it's mainly the change of attitude in the playgroup was the biggest thing that we really put for. So, and then, yeah, you know, to credit, they've actually really really
0: fix that, that issue up, so it's been good. As I said, three consecutive wins started with the game out at Sir Douglas Nichols Oval in the Nadoc Cup when you defeated the Fitzroy Stars. How important was that win, obviously to arrest a run of, of outs, but also to get a win against a side that was in a similar position to you at that stage, fighting for a spot in the top four, and, and since then things seem to have snowballed?
4: Yeah, well, that that win was really a bit sort of kickstarter kickstart, a change in form and a you know, reversal of fortunes, was in that it a been a pretty big week down at the club and the players you know, knuckled right down. Probably the most complete game we've played for the year. You know, it was four solid quarters of football that they put together and then got a, a really important win. You know, the belief in the group is pretty high, so it's, it's good. So,
0: As it stands now, you, you're currently third on the ladder. It's, it's such a tight uh, fight for those last two spots inside the top four. You're just 2% ahead of Altham and then... Two points ahead of Diamond Creek, who you play this week. The the two clubs have got a, a great local rivalry, or, or recent rivalry, I should say, given the fact that uh, we all know what took place in the last round of last year. But it's a telling game, isn't it, given the fact that if you win, you, you jump six points clear of them with, with two games to play. But you obviously know what happens if, if you don't get the result. How how important is this game coming up for the footy club? It doesn't
4: get much bigger without being finals, really, so as far as, uh, you know... A, a... Game for four points is probably one of the biggest ones I've sort of been involved in, importance wise. Um, you know, it's a, we've got a t- we've got a tough run home, but from our point of view, you know, to go on and play finals with a run home that we've got, we've got Creek, then um, we'd then see them Bagnuil. It's a, we you know with a bind between us. Well, it should be well, hopefully for us, it's a pretty good. You know, Kickstarting the finals, playing high quality football for the, for the, you know, leading into it. And to get the win this week would be great. We, we sort of got the better of them at our ground earlier in the year, but, you know, we've got no reservation about that given the fact that they had a lot of players out at that time of the year. So, you know, they've got a lot to play for, as have we. So, hopefully, for our point of view, to get the win will be pretty important. Do you obviously,
0: I guess, t- talk about the, the importance of it or do you prepare for it as, as you would any other home and away game?
4: Um, obviously the importance of what has been spoken about, but it's, for our point of view, the last three weeks, like, we've spoken about the importance of whenever we're going to, be... You know, our finals, realistically, in Now We're sitting in there at the moment. If we keep winning, we play finals. It's, it comes down to it's as simple as that. We sort of prepare to play the football that we know we can play, our brand of football, and, and, and stick to our game plan. That's what our preparation is focused on. Um, obviously the importance of it is known across the playing ground. We don't have to dwell on it. The players, players see where it's at, So no, no real difference there. So.
0: What do you see of, of the competition? You've obviously been back involved with the club right throughout this year. It's obviously nice and, and close at the top, but what have you made of, of the standard of, of Division 2 having had some involvement in, in
4: Division 1 at McLeod last year? It's actually you know, very high, to be honest. Um, some of the football that I've seen played this year, from you know both by our team and by you know, sides playing against us, is actually very high quality. Um, and I think the evenness of the competition sort of shows that. Only sort of been recently that sort of Fitzroy stars have fallen, but you know, a few weeks ago, there was anyone that sort of six, seven teams potentially could have pushed on to make the final. So even this has been one of the biggest things that I've noticed a difference because in years gone past from just from watching results, it always seemed to be, you know, there was two or three sides at the top and then there was a big fall away. Yeah, so the quality and the evenness is actually very high it's, it's fantastic
0: you obviously back at the club that you were have a, a rich history at a, a life member at the club a, a former captain as well for a long period of time um, what's it been like getting back to a club that, which I'm sure has holds a, a pretty special place in your heart
4: yeah look to be honest I've thoroughly um, enjoyed it you know um, it, it's good to be back there I'm enjoying myself different role um, as you know in the coaching staff this year than being a player but you we know, have got a lot of friends and you know, with the family and stuff like that down at Thomas down. So yeah, it's great to be back, and they sort of keep me in perspective of where where I'm at. So you know, they're all telling me I'm only one loss away from 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 getting as far. So you know, I I love it getting back down there. It's a lot of fun. Um, as you said, yeah, spent a lot of my life there. So to be back there now, it's it's been great.
0: At the weekend, your side had a really good win over Watsonia. I guess importantly as well, went on with the job and, and got a percentage boost in the end as well but uh, your boy Braden kicked uh, seven In was, well, I guess, one of his best performances at, at senior level. What's it like, first off, coaching your own son but then also uh, seeing him perform the way he did at the
4: weekend? Um, coaching him, yeah, it's different. I've coached him in the years on passing and, on and through juniors a little bit as well. Um, coaching, to me, you know, I've, I've told him for every day when it comes to coaching he's another one in the playing group he doesn't get any different treatment um he's just another one of the playing group but to see the way he went about on the weekend um you know he kicked seven it was great but the most pleasing aspect was me was the way we delivered the ball forward um not just to him but to our other forwards as well it's great to see one person get but the beauty of it outside i think that anyone can pretty much get off the leash at any given time so to me it's more about what i like seeing more is the way we actually transition forward so that was my biggest pleasing thing, I guess, from the weekend on that, on if, his game.
0: If we jump back to, to Diamond Creek, your opponent that uh, you're coming up to this week, we obviously, as we know, it's, it's an important game with, with what's at stake, but they, they themselves are one of the form teams of the competition. They've won their past three, which includes wins away to Altham and, and also knocking off Banuel as well. What do you see as, as the real strength of Diamond Creek that you're going to have to nullify?
4: I think they. Um, I don't think they have any standout players. I think they're just a very good, um, even contributing side across the board. Um, they obviously play and have been playing some fantastic football of, of recent weeks, like I said. And I think their potential to their their early form for early play of the season was based quite a bit on not being able to keep a stable side in the park, and that's obviously changed. So you know, from our point of view, we'll be looking to play our game and not not so worried too much about showing them them, but, but really concentrating on focusing on what we do well and. You know, and hope that they expect that that's enough to get the job done.
0: You've had a long time coaching, as you said, through juniors and under 19s as well. But uh, is the position something you'd look to want to continue down the track, or have you made up any any decision with that in mind?
4: I haven't made any firm decision. I have told the clubs of, of what my intentions are, and I've also, you know, strongly um, advised the club. I think it's in their best interest, and it's also in the club's constitution, whatever, to advertise because you know there's a lot of great coaches out there these days, and. Just you know, but I've I've, I've coached three games, so I'm, I've got no sort of aspersions to where I'm at, and I'm not, I'm not the be and nettle all for myself. I see that, and I think that the club is in their best interest to, to really go out there and see what else is about there, and whether I apply or not. That's something that I'll sit down towards the end of the season, you know, once things have settled down, and speak to the speak to the boss at home and see what she's got to say about the time involved in doing that, and you know, and, and speak to the club accordingly. But yeah, from the club's point of view, I think you know it's a it's a pretty healthy list to take hold of. Next year, there's, there's no doubt about that. There's, you know, recruitment's been very good in the fact that they've really got some good youth down there and some very good senior, you know, older guys to, to build that youth going through. So the club's in a pretty healthy position at the moment.
0: Well, Scott, we really appreciate your time in joining us on the NFNL podcast. We wish you all the very best this weekend against Diamond Creek in, in the final month of the season as, as you hunt in the finals place.
4: No problem, Sam. Thanks for the call, mate.
0: We now bring things home with a look at the action in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, where this weekend we will have a top-of-the-table clash between Lorimer and Panton Hill, the two premiership favourites, as we approach the finals meet in a massive Round 16 game. Before we look at the upcoming weekend, look back at the Round 15 results, which saw South Morang. After half time, put in a pretty comprehensive display to beat Reservoir by 80 points. Panton Hill broke away from Heidelberg West after half time as well, and they recorded a 54 point win at Heidelberg Park. Laylaw unfortunately, had a really slow start against Old Altham Collegians, that cost them lost by 42 points, having trailed by 37 at quarter time. And the big result took place at JJ Clancy Reserve, where Mernda, Had a fast start, kicked the opening 26, four goals, two of that game to uh, lead by 26 points to zero and then held on for an eight-point win against Kilmore. So as it stands now, Jarrod, Lorimer and Panton Hill have to finish in the top two. So this week's game is a preview of the second semi, which we'll see in about three weeks' time. So they're top two. Then you've got South Morang on 34 points. Kilmore on 32 points and Mernda on 28 points. They're the three sides that are going to fight it out for the last two spots in the finals. Mernda's six points behind third place South Morang but the Lions are the only side of, of those three to have played 14 games to this point. So they've only got and they've still obviously got a, a buy to uh, to take place as well in the final three rounds, but all of a sudden, Mernda's win over Kilmore opens things up. After we thought that the top four potentially was was sealed last week. Yeah, it,
1: it's, it's just another um, interesting result coming coming through in in Division Three. Mernda uh, with that eight point win over Kilmore is just. Uh, just something we probably didn't expect, most people didn't expect going into this week and and just really opens up the finals race once again in Division 3. Uh, South Morang pretty comfortable over Reservoir um, and 36 scoring shots is just always going to win you games. Um, Penton Hill, once again, impressive over Heidelberg West and, and Old Altham, they, they're just kind of... They're, they're sitting outside the finals. I mean, they won't play finals this year, but they're still kind of a dangerous side if they
0: come up against one of those those teams fighting for a final spot in the last three weeks. Absolutely. You look at them now, four wins, eight losses, a percentage uh, just under 80. So it shows they've been competitive throughout. They've won four of their last seven. So you're right. They'll take on South Morang this week, and they're a side that you just have to be really mindful of. Kilmore's an interesting one because they've now slipped to fourth. They were 8-2, have lost their past three, which includes two at home. So it's kind of come from nowhere in a way, that them falling a bit by the wayside. It means now that they're going to have to win games to, to end the year, just to, to make sure they play finals. They finish with Heidelberg West this week, which is at home. Panton Hill away next week and then Lailor at home. Depending on what Mernda does, they may have to win two of those games. Mernda's run home sees them play, uh, obviously, this week, as we said, Laylor at home. Then it's Lorimer at home and then Old Altham away. We know that they really challenged Lorimer the first time the sides met. Went down by four points after conceding the last goal of the day as well. So, if Murder was to say you know, win you know two two of those games and all of a sudden it means Kilmore at the very least has to win one, but if Myrna can you know cause a boil over somewhere along the way as well and, and round out the year with three wins, Kilmore the, the pressure builds on them so it makes this this week's game against Heidelberg West a, a crucial one.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's another big week of action coming up and uh, there's just so many results across the competition that it is gonna mean so much to the ladder. Um, and obviously, yeah, that Kilmore-Heidelberg-West game is just is, is such a huge result because if, if Heidelberg-West can get over the top of the Blues, the Kilmore just look really vulnerable and, and it, it looks like Murder can probably take that final spot off Yeah,
0: them. yeah so as it stands, a, a win and plenty of percentage above Myrna, So it's, in Kilmore's case, it's, it's worst case scenario. Yeah. It's 33% there. So if... Worst case this week, they lost and murder was to win. It would mean that Kilmore would still hold fourth on percentage going into the last two rounds. As I said, both of those sides play a top two side in the, in the final two rounds as well. Um, But, yeah, all of a sudden, they've gone from an absolute certainty to play finals to, you know, it's just looking a bit shaky. And Southamaran, well, they've got the extra two-point buffer, but knowing that they obviously have a bye to round at the year. So they just need to probably get a win this week against Old Altham and they'll be pretty safe. But we know the sides had a draw the last time they met, which included Nathan Tassel having a shot after the siren, which just missed and tied things. But that point now, and obviously getting inside two points looking absolutely crucial as uh, as we get into the uh, final three rounds of the year. So, big games coming up, but I guess it's uh, it'd be remiss to, to not uh, spend the large portion focusing on the top-of-the-table clash. It's Lorimer, first on the ladder, 13 straight wins, hosting Panton Hill, who's 11 wins and 2 losses. The interesting thing when looking at these two sides is that Panton Hill has a percentage of 233, Lorimer's is 169. So it shows, despite losing two games, Panton Hill's been the more dominant side in its victory. So it makes you... It's not often a side's 13-0, and and you'd argue that if they're not the... I mean, they're probably still the premiership favourite, but it might be equal at this stage. I think if you did a straw poll, it'd be about a 50-50 split as to who people thought would be the the eventual premier. The last time the sides met, it was a one-point result, Panton Hill got off to a flyer 31 points ahead at quarter time, but in the end, we're left to Rue Wayward kicking 9 goals 2074, losing to Lorimer 11 goals 975. We know that both sides have the double chance secured. It'd be interesting if they go all out and uh, and you know reveal their hand going into finals, or whether they perhaps just you know change the lineup up a bit, maybe try a few players in different positions, just to uh, to be a bit coy as they prepare to meet each other in a few weeks' time in what will be the uh, the second semi-final, where the first spot in the grand final is on the line.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a real interesting matchup this week. Obviously, uh, we know that Penton Hill can score in bunches, and they've obviously got the top two goal kickers in Division Three in Reese Boydett and Matthew Byron. Um, I've kicked 101 goals between them this season, which is just incredible um, from those two players. And it really sets up Panton Hill. So it, it is a matter of can Lorimer stop those two guys for for the Redbacks. Because uh, if, if they can get on the board and score pretty heavily, it's going to be an uphill battle for Lorimer. So it, it, there's so many questions going into this week. And, and as you said, we might not see teams, uh, both teams go all out just with The fact that they'd they'd be facing each other in a few weeks' time in the first final. So, uh, an interesting matchup coming up, and we'll see what both teams decide to do on the weekend.
0: And we know from a Lorimer point of view, they're undefeated. No side has ever gone through... A Division 3 season without losing in the home and away season. Three to- three sides have lost just one game including last year's St Mary's uh, doing it, losing just once which was earlier in the season uh, when they went down to-, to Panton Hill and then went through undefeated thereafter. So it, it is a bit of a, a carrot uh, dangling over them because it would be a-, a, f- a great accomplishment you think if they get through this weekend. This is their, their biggest test as they look to-, to stay undefeated. It's not an easy run home though because uh, as we said b- before, they still have to uh, to take on a Mernda side which is looking to play finals and then finish the year at home to South Rang but I actually think that's a, a great preparation to the finals we've seen them um, win a few tight games in, in recent weeks but I think that's a good thing it holds you in good stead in finals when you know that games are generally going to be tight in the closing stages there's no easy wins in, in finals but to finish the season with Panton Hill then travel to Mernda and then host South Rang those last two games against sides in the finals mix and, and needing to win I think it's a, it's a perfect perfect preparation for finals. Um, looking at, at Panton Hill's run home, obviously, this weekend, they're, they're on the road against the ladder leader, and they then round out the year with a home game against Kilmore, and then finish up with Reservoir at home. So it's a big game. Obviously, it's not going to really matter in terms of ladder positions as to you know what this result does, but I think psychologically it could play a big part Lorimer's had the wood on Panton Hill the last two times they've met. They've they've won both encounters. Both of those over at, at Cracknell Reserve. Um, so this one on their home deck. But really exciting that the two sides who are vying he- most heavily for this year's premiership meet at such a late point in the season. So it, it really does add a, an extra element of excitement going into the final series.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great match out at Lorimer Reserve this week. You speak about Lorimer's run home, it's a, it's a really interesting one because obviously next week they play against the a Murner side who could still very well be in the finals race come next weekend. So uh, they'll be play, playing off against a Murder side that will be coming in red hot and really looking to secure a final spot. And then South Morang, obviously, in the final round, is just going to be a massive game. And as you said, they're, they're a team that has been able to... They've been challenged this season, especially in the past kind of month and a half, and they just always find a way to win, and that's what the really good sides do. So it, it's good signs going into the last little bit of the season for Lorimer, uh, but never know what can happen.
0: And... Also, we've got the now the final round of the three senior women's competitions coming up this weekend. So, as we said from the outset of the programs, a few games that are going to be telling in determining top five finishes for sides across the three senior women's competitions. So, in ANZ Division 1, women's Bandura hosts Bendigo. The Bulls need to win to have any chance of jumping up to fifth. They'll probably need to boost their percentage as well and hope that West Preston Lakeside loses in its trip to Plenty Park over to take on Diamond Cross. Women's. Darabin up against Montmorency as well. Uh, that game there, pitting second against third. Unlikely that um, either side's position on the ladder is going to change based on that one, but a big game bet- uh, between those two sides ahead of meeting in the qualifying final the week after. Uh, in uh, MC Security Division 2 Women's, St Mary's hosts Heidelberg. That's under lights on Friday. AK Lines Reserve. Uh, as we said from the outset, St Mary's, they'll need a win. Uh, to play finals if that's the, if they don't win they'll need uh, Diamond Creek to, to lose in its game against Altham but as it stands Heidelberg they've got plenty to play for as well because a top three spot is on the line for them so that's a big game under lights at AK Lions reserve St. Mary's up against Heidelberg and then on Sunday Darabin hosts South Morang uh, the Lions currently in second the Falcons in fourth and then Diamond Creek women's take on Altham amazingly those two sides are, uh, the bottom two sides but a win for Diamond Creek uh, would see them play finals if St. Mary's loses. And Altham, well, with a win, uh, they could still potentially jump St. Mary's on percentage if if the borough were to lose. So it's amazing that those two sides, despite being in 6th and 7th respectively, are both hoping to win. And they'll know their fate as well, given the fact that St. Mary's plays on Friday night. And then we move into Murvac Division 3 women's, where Greensboro takes on VU Western Spurs at 11.30 on Sunday. Greensboro War Memorial Park. The Borough currently first, 9 wins, 4 losses, a percentage of 249, hosting the Spurs, 8 wins, 5 losses, a percentage of 556. So with that dominant percentage, the Spurs know that if they were to win, they'll jump to first spot and get a week off in the first week of the finals. Elsewhere we've got Lorimer at home to a Reservoir, so the third place power needing a win to ensure a double chance in the finals. I'll be the favourite against the bottom place Magpies, and then we've got the two Magpie sides, uh, sorry, bottom place Mustangs, I should say. We've got the two bottom placed, uh, sorry, the two uh, Magpie sides. I will get my uh, bearings there, taking on each other. Wallen at home to Mott Morenti. That's seventh up against fourth. Um, in fact, it's sixth up against fourth, so uh, while unlikely they can play finals because of the fact that percentage is so lowly, but Mottmorency, with a win, can potentially jump into the top three should Reservoir beat Lorimer. And then Murner up against Hurst Bridge, where the bridges will seal a finals berth with a win away on the road so Jared. massive weekend coming up again as as we said we know it's an important round the theme round is of course the TAC towards zero round so we thank all the clubs both on the football and netball courts that are, are getting involved in that the captains in the senior men's and senior women's football competitions will wear the number zero look out for the towards zero socks uh, in the netball competitions on Friday night as well Jared, thank you and a really exciting weekend coming up yeah once again thanks for having me on the
1: podcast this week uh, a a great campaign being run by TAC and and AFL Victoria with the Towards Zero campaign and and it'll be great to see all the captains uh, of the men's and women's sides wearing that number zero on their backs and uh, just such a great message and, and something that everyone should be working towards that Towards Zero and Um, yeah, a great campaign and proud to be a part of it with the Northern Football Netball League.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Zero is the only acceptable number when we talk about deaths on roads in Victoria. Uh, Good luck to everyone uh, running around this weekend. As we said, it's the final round of the uh, three women's competitions ahead of the finals. Important round, obviously, for all the three senior men's football competitions as well, given the fact that final spots are still on the line in all three. Last round of juniors as well, so thank you to all the junior players have been a part of the 2019 season, especially those that won't continue on into finals and, and this being their last game of the year. And of course, there's always plenty of action on the netball courts on Friday night. So thank you for your company. We thank you for tuning in to the NFNL podcast.